Welcome to Christian Assembly, a family church. Since 1930, we've been serving the communities of Western Pennsylvania, Ohio, and West Virginia with the good news of Jesus Christ. With over 40 years of Bible teaching and ministry experience, Pastor Bill brings faith-filled revelation from God's Word. We believe with you, wherever you are, that God will inspire and change your life through the following teaching. For more information about Christian Assembly, follow us on social media or visit our website at cafamily.net. The title of my message is, The Name of Jesus. So I'll start off by, by talking a little bit about one of the many wonderful things about God's Word is that He can speak to us on many different levels. And He does. The same passage can be used many, many times and, and many, mean many different things. He can speak to us on a very low, deep, intimate level to where a, a a verse or even a phrase out of a verse can, can mean something specific to us for a specific situation at a specific time. And that can go all the way up to be very general on a very high level uh, where the Word will speak to us and, and show us generally in our day-to-day -day life, always and everywhere, how we can apply God's Word. And that's where my message is today, where God's message is today, the Spirit's message, is at that high level. Uh, so that I want to show you how we can, we can apply this generally to all of our lives today, even though uh, this was spoken, of course, over 2,000 years ago. And, and the first uh, set of passages we're going to read um, are... Uh, but the other thing you have to understand is, is that, you know, just by, by the nature of it, uh, God's written word is in the context of the days it was spoken, and it's also in the context of the time it was written down. And let's be just generally call that the Bible times. And of course, the times today are different. Our, our speech is different. Our, um, uh, even the, even the um, society, heritage you come from can be different. Uh, so, uh, so we'll take these passages, and by generalizing them, we, we can see what they mean today. Versus, what, and I'll, I'll point out specifically a few passages that appear to be very specific to the, to the times, but yet God is so good and Jesus is so brilliant that those same words apply to us today, even as they apply to them for the specific situation they were in at that time. Okay, we can bring up the first... Uh, okay, so this is from Mark... 16 and verses 17 and 18. And one more thing, uh, I'm going to paraphrase this just very slightly so that to make it personal for me and for you. So if you'll just let me do that. And these signs shall follow them that believe in my name. Whose name? The name of Jesus. So, in the name of Jesus, I shall cast out devils. In the name of Jesus, I shall speak with new tongues. In the name of Jesus, I shall take up serpents. And in the name of Jesus, if I drink any deadly thing, it shall not harm me. And in the name of Jesus, I shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. So if we think of it that way, it, it begins to apply to us immediately, even though this was... Jesus is commissioned for disciples that he was sending out. We are disciples of today. Now let me break these uh, 
verses down bit by bit and, and discuss what each one of them means today. Okay, verse 17, the first part of that says, cast out devils. Well, what does that mean today? Now, in, in Bible times, uh, and there's a couple, you know, maybe three, four examples I can think of offhand of true demonic uh, possession, what I would call true demonic possession, where the mind and the body is totally being, being controlled by a demon or demons, often several demons, many demons, many. Uh, today, we don't see or hear that too much. And I think in today's modern society, uh, modern, educated, advanced, whatever we want to call it, like we live in, in America, um, we either don't see it or it doesn't happen. But, but Satan adapts to the times. He adapts to the society. He, he adapts to what he's doing. So today, what does that mean? Well, I would say, how about in the name of Jesus, we can cast out everything that is not of God. We can cast out all thoughts, all ambitions, all appearances, and all actions that are not of God. Those are the, the, the devils that are common in our lives today. Now, the other thing to think of is that in God's word, there's only, you know, God has, it's either light or it's dark. There's no in between. So we have to think of everything in terms of, is it of God? And if it's not of God, then it needs to be casted out and dealt with. So um, that can apply every day in our lives. And certainly we're not perfect at it. And we have to keep, keep going on and advancing as we go uh, and getting better at it day by day. Now the next verse, speak with new tongues. Now what does this mean? Now today, of course, speaking with tongues has many meanings. And um, we, can, we can look at many different ways of, of speaking with new tongues. But the primary reason that we speak with new tongues is to minister to the Father. To, to speak to Him in His language, unhindered by our language. So, excuse me for a second. And all choked up by this. So we, so the, well, there's two things with the tongues. One is, of course, is the infilling of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in new tongues. Uh, and with the Holy Spirit comes the power and authority of God. But um, we're just going to concentrate on the tongues because that's what this passage specifically talks about. So, but when we're speaking in new tongues, think of it. We're not hindered by our own mental, our own um, mental limitations, our physical limitations, especially from the corruptness of the world and our darkened mind compared to what it was from Adam before the fall. So that's a, a wonderful, a wonderful gift and revelation to have to be able to speak to God freely as we speak to friends and family and know that we're effective in speaking with him because it's his language and, and when we and with the utterance of our spirit it is always the correct things that we're saying. We know that. That's the other thing, too, is that we're always speaking correctly when we're speaking in tongues. Okay, now let's look at the next one. Take up serpents. Now, again, what is that about? You know, I'm, and 
And maybe in, in, in the Bible times, you know, there were snake handlers and things like that, so there could be taking up of the serpents. Uh, but we certainly don't see that in society today. So what, are, what does God mean by that? Uh, now, the other thing before I, I, I get into that is to remember that most of those serpents in, in that area of the world, I think, were relatively small serpents, right? So... And, and if you had somebody who knew how to handle snakes, they would take them and grab them just behind the head so that, it couldn't, so that the snake couldn't turn around and bite them. But whenever they did that, the snake was powerless. And in fact, you could easily throttle it. You could easily take the life out of that snake if you wanted to. So, so let me just paraphrase that. Say, instead of taking up serpents, take on serpents. And we know from um, Adam and Eve and the, in the garden, that the serpent will for always be associated with Satan and his, and his evil cohorts and the demons. So if we take on serpents, we're taking them on. God's giving us the ability to take them on. And just like the snake handler, to grab them in back of the neck where they can't turn around and bite us, and we have total control and power over them. So think of it in that light. Now the next verse, next half of verse 18, or third of it, I guess. Drink endly deadly thing and it shall not hurt you. Now I assume again in Bible days that poisoning somebody was, was a way to get rid of your adversaries. Uh, a lot more common then than it is now, I would say. Uh, but um, uh, I guess it, that's how that came about, and there was a fear that these disciples would be poisoned by, uh, by adversaries. And it, but it is kind of typical of the way the devil would act, because when he poisons somebody, you don't have to face him, you don't have to fight him. Uh, so that's kind of a cowardly way to get rid of your adversary. And so it kind of fits the devil. But what does it mean today? Well, I would generalize it to say that it would mean that you've accidentally taken to our bodies, and I want to say accidentally because, of course, we don't test God or we don't try to do something and say, well, I'm under God's protection, so I can go out and do this. No, I'm not saying that. I'm saying that if we accidentally take anything into our bodies, it will not harm us. And that can be spoiled food, harmful chemicals, toxins from plants, insects, or animals, allergens, yes, and even viruses. So God has given us protection against all those things. Jesus has given it to us right here. So think of it in that light. Those are the, the poisons of today that try to get into our body. And then if we look at the, uh, reminds me of the verse in Paul whenever uh, he was uh, shipwrecked and and the gathering wood, and that snake bit him, and he threw the snake into the fire. Well, he was actually operating in two of these principles, if you think about it. He was taking up the serpent, and that deadly thing did not harm him. But, so that's another example of how, of course, that's physical and dramatical, but if you take it into the spiritual realm, that's how we need to be today. Exactly the way Paul acted. Take that thing up, cast it into, back into hell, and, and, you'll have, and be bold and confident that it has no effect on you. 
Okay, the last part of verse 18 talks about laying hands on the sick and they shall recover. So now, the power of Jesus and the name of Jesus is not just for our benefit uh, and to keep ourselves healthy and, and, and whole, but also for the benefit of others. So, generalizing, I'd say that as Jesus has given us, we need to freely give unto others. And, and it says about healing the sick and they shall recover, but I would, I would generalize it a little bit to say that it's, it's anything physical, emotional, mental. You can help others overcome all those things by laying hands on them and, and transmitting or strengthening the, the power of God within them to do that. Okay, now, if we put it all together, uh, we can see how God fully equips us as his children and servants for him to spread the word throughout the world. And in, in some ways, this is the same message that he tells us elsewhere when he put on the whole armor of God. Maybe I could call this the under armor of God. But... But it does have, it, it, it is similar in many ways, and it does equip us, and the external armor, of course, gives us even that much more um, force and power and, and, and protection. So, and the other thing I thought about when I read these passages is that, gee, what does it mean? You know, I mean, you know, Jesus seemed to be jumping around. You know, he's, he's talking about um, casting out devils. He's, you know, he's, and then he, and he goes to... Um, Speaking in tongues and, and, and then uh, poisons, you know, drinking poisons and it won't affect you and laying hands on the sick. So how, you know, but actually it all comes together exactly. He builds on it. It's actually building on how we're building ourselves in. So we would say, first of all, we have to cast the, the devils, the evil influences out of our life. That has to be first so that we can re receive the Holy Spirit and with it the speaking of tongues and with it the ability to talk to God freely in his language. And now once we have done that, now we are able to take, the take on the offense and go after the serpents, the, the spirits of, of Satan and combat them, take the offensive because now he has equipped us internally with, with the power of the Holy Spirit and by and by casting out the evil influences of the devil. And also, now we're protected from the counterattack, the deadly things that could come against us. We're protected from that now, because there will be a counterattack. And we have to be willing to, uh, to understand that and to deal with it, but to know that Jesus has given us the victory over those counterattacks. And then lastly, now that we're complete in that sense, we're never complete in God, but we're, but we're at least now starting our, our journey of being equipped and able as, as servants of God, ministers of the Spirit. Now we can effectively pass this on to others and help them get to that same spot. Help them receive the benefits that all this, this gives us. So you can see how it, it makes a lot of sense whenever you see how it builds one to, it, one to the other. Of course it would. You know, it's Jesus, you know, and, and he's, he's brilliant beyond our belief.
So, okay, so now we heard what Jesus said about himself. So let's hear about what God says about Jesus' name. So we can pull up the next couple of verses. And these are powerful, powerful words as well. And I'll just speak them as they're, as they're written. Wherefore God hath also highly exalted him, and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven, and things in the earth, and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. That's Philippians 2, 9, and 11. And now we'll move on to Ephesians, which is a similar message, but builds on it as well. Ephesians 1, 20 to 22. Which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principalities and powers and might and dominion. And every name that is named, above every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come, and hath put all things under his feet, and gave him to be the head over all things to the church. So that's God speaking about Jesus. This is like truly, truly amazing. I mean, God's the creator of everything. And yet he gave Jesus and Jesus' name this high place. It's high, high place. Strong words coming from God. Amazing words coming from God. What he, what he did for Jesus because of what Jesus did for him, which we'll get to in just a few minutes. And, you know, the, but the gist of that is that Jesus' name is the most powerful name in all creation next to God. The most powerful name in all creation. And well able to overcome anything in this life or anything that any attacks of the devil. Okay, one other thing. Now, um, I mean, uh, what about Joseph and the Pharaoh? I would call this an earthly example of Jesus and God. We're going to go to uh, the verse in Genesis, Genesis 41, verse 40. And listen to this. This is amazing. This is Pharaoh speaking. Thou meaning Joseph, shall be over all my house, and according unto thy word shall all my people be rolled. Only in the throne will I be greater than thou. Think of that. So that's what God is telling us through this example, that he has raised Jesus to a point where only on his throne of power and authority is he greater than Jesus he has given him that honored him in that way that is just truly amazing that's why the name of Jesus has to be has to be so 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 precious and so anointed and 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 where we really have to just just take it so preciously and that's another reason why using the name of Jesus in vain is so offensive to God Think of what he, is, what he has done with Jesus in his name. So think of that, too. And that's why we never want to use the name of Jesus in vain. Okay, but those are 
Um, a lot of aspects of, of, of Jesus' name. We saw what Jesus said about his name. We saw what God said about his name. But what is the greatest aspect of Jesus and his name? There's one greater than even all this power and authority that, that God has given him. It's infinitely greater than that, if you can imagine that. I mean, ask him why. Why, why did God um, do this, uh, elevate him this way? Was it because he walked the earth sinless? Well, that's a good reason. That's a pretty good reason. And that's part of it. But that's not the primary reason why God did this. Or is it because he always obeyed God's word in everything he did? Like no man ever did? Well, truly, that's another good reason, but not the primary reason. So what is the primary reason God elevated Jesus' name? It's because Jesus paid the price for our sins. Jesus made the way. He was the perfect shepherd. He made the way spiritually for us to come back to God. He made the connection back to God. Without Jesus, God's family would have been lost forever. So that is why God elevated his name above all names. That's simply powerful. I mean, and, and it's, but that is the true reason. That is the reason that God would do such a thing. Because without his children, God was heartbroken, I guess you could say. And Jesus fulfilled that. He, he made the way for us to come back to him, to God. Now, if you think about that, uh, think about, and you think about uh, those who maybe aren't believers, and they say, well, yeah, Jesus was a good person. He walked the earth. He did all these things. But some people think that if they, uh, they can get into heaven by doing good works and obeying the commandments. But then I would argue, then why did Jesus come to earth, unite himself with flesh, and then die? It makes no sense. And for God to elevate him the way he did. It makes no sense if, if it was only through him and nothing that we can do. And I would argue that you know, oftentimes it says that you know, the wisdom of man is, uh, is nothing compared to the wisdom of God. But I would say in this case, the wisdom of man aligns with the wisdom of God. God said that's the only way it could be done, and it's the only way to make sense. Otherwise, there would be no reason for Jesus to be here, have ever been here, if, if we could just be good people and get into heaven on our own. And I'd also argue that it, only, it would take somebody that is 100% man and 100% God to do this. Because he took on the sins, all of our sins, past, present, future. He, he bridged the gap. And only, only somebody that's 100% God would have that capacity to do that for us. And I would argue that only somebody that is 100% God would be able, to, be able to do that, take it on, go down into hell, pay the price for that into hell, and essentially just leave it there. And then God, being 100% God, God was able to 
rebirth him, pull him back out of hell. He is the first of the reborn. And only, only somebody that's 100% God could have done that. So that leads us to where we all sit with Jesus. And many of you, I'm sure, most of you, know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. But I'm taking this time and this opportunity for those who may not, or those who are uncertain. But if you don't know that you know that you know where you would go if you were to die today, if you don't know that you're going to heaven, if you're not sure of that, then you need to listen to what, what, what's coming next. You need to listen to this, because this is for you. Don't let this pass by you. This is for you. And the other thing to think about is, is often people say, well, I'm not in the right state. I've got to get things right. Uh, you know, I'm not ready to make any commitment to Jesus. No. no. As we can see, you're never going to be ready. You're never going to have, have that ability to be, uh, to be good enough in God's eyes because of, of the corruption of this world and because, because of the evil. Even one evil thing, that's why to him, to God, there's no difference in sin. Sin is sin. So even one sin keeps you out of God's presence because God is sinless and, 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 he can't, and you can't exist in God's presence with sin. So we're going to all fall short. So there's no good time, there's no right time to do that. Jesus came to the earth. He, he sat with sinners and publicans and, all, and, and they questioned, why are you doing that? He says, because I came for the sinners of the world. So he wants you just as you are. He, he's not looking for you to try to get your act together, get better, and then now I'm, now I'm ready for you. No, he doesn't want that. He wants you just as you are right now. Because it may not be a tomorrow. And besides that, he, he came and he, he died for you today, essentially. He died for you today. As soon as you know about that, as soon as you know about what he did for you, then it's for you. And you need to act on it. You can't just put it off. Because now you know. Now you know his purpose and reason for being here. And you know what the whole, the whole purpose of God doing all this through Jesus. And if you ever want to be in the presence of God, the presence of the Creator, the presence of one who is all love and light and goodness for the rest of eternity... This is what you need to do, is you need to make your commitment with Jesus. Now, uh, I don't know why you'd want to do anything else, because the other alternative, again, remember, it's light or dark, so the other alternative is all those things that are bad for the rest of eternity. And I don't think you want to be there, if you really think it through. So... Now the other thing I would state is that we're going to we're going to state at my form of of uh, of the prayer for salvation for rebirth, uh, and some people may say, "Is there hear this prayer or get partway through? Well, I can't make those kind of commitments. I'm not going to be able to do that. God doesn't not worried about you not being able to do that all the time. He knows you're going to stumble and fall. He knows we have a what we're in this world is an imperfect world. All he wants is you to make the commitment and then to be willing 
to ask for forgiveness. Be willing to ask him to help you not do that again. Be willing to ask him for growth and development in his ways. He just wants a willing vessel. He's not looking for perfection. So don't worry about these things that we're going to say about, well, I can't agree. I can't possibly do that. No, none of us can ever. Uh, but we want to get better and better at doing that. And we want to make fewer and fewer mistakes along the way. And, and again, as long as we're willing to look to him to be better and to not give up, then that's all he wants. That's all he wants. Okay, so here, anyone in the building who, who uh, wants to receive Jesus or anyone online on streaming wants to receive Jesus, please repeat these, these words after me. Jesus, I acknowledge you paid the price for my sin and for humanity's transgression. I receive your gift of eternal life with you and with God. I invite you and desire that you come into my life. I submit to your lordship over me and all of mankind. And I commit giving you first place in serving you as a member of your body on the earth and as a citizen of the kingdom, of God's kingdom in the world to come.